Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Good morning, Lagan Valley Vineyard. Good morning. Um, I'm Hannah part of the team here at LVV and I'm married to James and it is my privilege to be sharing with you guys this morning. Um, Just a wee thing to note, the newcomers um, gathering that is happening next Sunday is not at 7pm, it's at 3pm. So that's next Sunday, 3pm if you're new and we would love for you to come and join us. Um, This week we're back into our series on Colossians, um, Jesus at the centre and we're working our way through this book together. Um, Can I get you to wave at me if you have a Bible with you? If you don't have one with you, there will be one in and around your seats if you wanna go ahead and grab that. If you don't have a Bible, the one near and in and around your seat has now become yours, so please don't forget to bring it home with you. So let's try that again. Bible, who's got Bible? Hey, everyone's got one. Um, I love my wee Bible bring it with me every Sunday and I love to bring it with me because I love making notes on it Um, just if I learn something that's interesting, something that helps me understand what I'm reading a wee bit better, um, I make a wee note of it so that whenever I come back to it in the year's time um, or however long it is that I'm reminded and the text doesn't feel as overwhelming. Um, And about a month ago I lost my Bible for a few weeks, some of you will know this because I did not stop talking about it because I was really, really gutted. I didn't expect how gutted I was going to be and it wasn't necessarily for sentimental reasons as such. It was just because I felt like, you know that moment if you're like writing a really long email or you've got like a big Word document up and you accidentally delete it and it's not saved? I felt like that. I was like, I have lost all of my notes except times this by like a thousand because I've been studying with WTC over the last six years part-time and so there was a lot of notes that I lost. And as you can see, I found it a few weeks ago. Not blaming, not blaming anyone, <coughs> a big party as to where um, it was, but I have it back now. And uh, no hard feelings, that's the important thing. Um, I'm not sure if you can see this. I'll maybe be able to show it to a wee camera if you can see. Um, but Genesis, lots of, lots of wee notes. Lots of, lots of wee notes, right? Unfortunately, for us this morning, Colossians is, is pretty blank. But that is because my Bible was lost and I didn't have it with me at the start of the series. And so for us all this morning, we are looking at a blank text um, and we're trying to figure out what is Paul saying through this text and what does it mean for us today. And so can I encourage you to bring your Bible with you um, each week as we continue to discover and make notes around the the margins um, of things that we're discovering um, in our Bibles, um, things that uh, that stand out specifically to you. Phones are great for if we forget something and we're like, oh, I'll just make a wee wee note of this, but there's something so special about holding this book in your hands and making your own notes around um, the margins. Sorry, this wee thing keeps falling off. Um, We're gonna read this text this morning. We're in Colossians chapter two verse 16 to 23. If you have a black Bible that you've picked up in around your seat, that's page 118. So go ahead and turn to that. 818, what did I say? All right, no, 818, sorry, sorry. Um, Can I invite you guys to stand with me if you're able as we read the scripture together? 
Holy Spirit, come in this place. Bring this text alive to us this morning. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with the things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. You guys can grab a seat. Keep your Bible open here um, as you do that because we're going to camp out in this text together. Now, the first time that I read this text, I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what was going on. Um, So don't worry if you feel the same as we read that this morning. Colossians, um, it isn't really a book in the Bible, it's a letter. And the thing with letters is that you're jumping in mid-conversation. It's kind of like you're jumping into an email thread, like three emails in. You don't really know what has been going on around this email, but you just have it yourself. And this is basically what is happening here. We're jumping in, and so the context is really important. Paul and the Colossians senior pastor called Epaphras. Can we say that? Epaphras? Epaphras. Epaphras. Lovely. Paul and uh, Epaphras, they've been chatting back and forth. And as I said, we're jumping in mid-conversation. So a quick recap on this letter, because I know it's been a few weeks since we've been in here. Number one. Paul is writing to a young new church in Colossae. Number two, the people um, that were in this church were from a range of different religious backgrounds um, and beliefs. There were Gentiles and Jews. Um, I'm going to mention these guys a fair wee bit throughout as I'm speaking. Gentile basically means not Jewish. And so these were a mixture of people that would have followed and sacrificed a whole bunch of different gods for things like good weather, crops, love, victory and war. You name it, there was a god for it. Number three, the the culture surrounding this church, it really um, uh, prided itself on hierarchy. Men above women, masters above slaves, Roman citizens above non-Roman citizens. And so Jesus' message to them that they were now all equal in him meant that this new church was radically having to undo what the world around them was saying and what they had grown up understanding. Number four, Paul is really encouraged by this church. 
He's writing to strengthen them, to challenge them and to release them to be the church in their city. Through their faith in Jesus, they were being formed into a new humanity, a new way of being human, a new way to live in community and a new way to interact with the world around them. And so this morning, let's jump in and we'll see how Paul's words can strengthen, challenge, and release us to be the church today. Verse 16, this could be your first note. These are a list of Jewish practices, food restrictions, uh, special diets, observances of certain days, and special ceremonies. These were all practices and rituals that God gave his people um, in the Old Testament to remind themselves of who they were, that they were holy and consecrated people of God. In the start of verse 10, you'll see, therefore, do not let anyone judge you. And this is because Paul was anticipating that the followers from a Jewish background um, in Colossae were going to try and exclude the followers from a Gentile background, basically just on the basis that they couldn't follow Jesus unless they followed all of these Jewish practices that have been given by God in the Old Testament. Kind of as like a, a summary, they say, you can't join this story halfway through. You need to go back to the beginning. And for many of the Gentiles, this actually would have been quite attractive to them. Remember, Gentile means non-Jewish. And so they came from all sorts of religious backgrounds. And many of them were exhausted of trying to figure out the do's and don'ts of how to please the different gods that they believed in who to sacrifice to, where to sacrifice, what to sacrifice, when to sacrifice, how to keep these gods happy. They were exhausted. So we only have one God and one fairly straightforward list of, of do's and don'ts. It was, it was quite appealing to them. You see, these Jewish people had, they'd went a bit off track they lost their way because the purpose of the food laws and the festivals weren't to earn their membership as God's people. It was to embody and express that they were God's people. For example, Sabbath. God gave his people a Sabbath after they'd been led out of slavery in Egypt and had worked every single day of their life. And so the purpose of Sabbath, it wasn't for them to avoid doing anything fun and try and be as good living as possible. It was meant to be a gift, a day of rest, of joy, of appreciating life and being thankful for God's presence in it. And so in this verse, Paul isn't, he isn't undermining the Jewish practices themselves because Paul was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. They went to the synagogue but what Paul was concerned about was he was concerned about this young church missing the purpose behind these practices. They were practices that were meant to embody God's love, not earn it. In verse 17, we find that these practices are pointing towards one thing all along, one person. Verse 17, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Jesus' life and death 
and resurrection became the ultimate embodiment of God's love to his people. And so as this young church said yes to following Jesus, regardless of their background, whatever their beliefs were, they began a new story. Not one that they had to jump in halfway through, a new one, a story filled with practices that would transform them into the likeness of Jesus. And in doing so, they would become a physical expression, embodiment of God's love to those around them. Worship, prayer, communion, baptism, reading the scriptures, doing church together. These were all ways to embody God's love, not to earn it. I wonder if I was to ask you today, what practices do you use to try and earn God's love rather than just embodying it? Verse 18, Paul goes on to anticipate other ways that people might um, try and discourage the, the church of Colossia. False humility and the worship of angels. He said, guys, you're gonna come across some people that are gonna be living their lives pretty unsustainably, all right? They're gonna make you feel like you're not good enough for Jesus. They'll boast about how holy they are and they'll brag about their spiritual encounters that they had. But these people, Paul says in verse 19, they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. This image that Paul is describing here, it's kind of like a little proverb you know those sayings that people say that make absolutely no sense if you don't understand the context or if you don't say them right? James is rolling his eyes already because I am so bad at getting these phrases mixed up and it drives him up the wall. You know, like, um, what is it? People who throw stones, oh, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, right? Some of my renditions are six eggs in one basket and half a dozen in the other break an arm and a leg, and batten down the latches, which I think it's meant to be hatches. But uh, I do it all the time. Honestly, you can't even make a note. This, this, was, this was my notes from like two weeks worth, but there's years and years of me just messing things up all the time. Um, and um, yeah, get them, on, get them wrong all the time. But anyway, so uh, Paul is using a metaphor and uh, he's already used it already in um, some of his earlier letters and even in Colossians in chapter one, verse 18, it says, and he, that's Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. Head, Jesus, body, church. And the church is made up of people, not bricks, right? This picture of a headless body, it's not um, like nice poetic language that Paul would have thought would become fridge magnet material. He's basically saying that these people who are bragging about their spiritual encounters and making the Colossians feel like they're not good enough for Jesus are essentially running around like headless chickens. And I don't know if you know the context of the headless chicken saying, but uh, when you chop a chicken's head off, <laughs> oh yes, for a moment, 
it can still run about, even though it's dead. I Googled this. For a moment, there's loads of activity going on, but it's not being sustained by anything, and eventually it collapses. And this is what happens when the church, people, not bricks, tries to function without keeping Jesus at the center. We can run about getting caught up in practices and activities and ministries, but if we are not connected to Jesus and supported by each other, we eventually become numb and we burn out. If I was to ask you this morning, what areas of your life feel disconnected from the head? I wonder where that would be. Verse 20 to 23, in these verses, Paul is essentially coming in to land his point, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same. In these verses, Paul is saying, right, you've given your yes to Jesus. In LVV, we use the phrase, you've made Jesus the boss of your life. So you're part of this new story now, one that's completely different to the one that the world around you is telling. Story of equality, and diversity and dignity, a story of embodying love as opposed to earning it. And therefore, Colossians, don't go back to the old way of living. Don't follow the practices of the world. Follow the practices of Jesus that are etched throughout this book. Verse 21, you'll see, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Paul is referring to the rules and the regulations of the world. And in the time of this letter, the world was obsessed with these. What you can do, what you can't do, rules, regulations. And if we think about today, I feel like our world is obsessed with the opposite. Do handle, do taste, do touch, do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. That is ultimate freedom. But secretly and deceptively, as we see in verse 23, the world presents itself as false wisdom and worship and humility. And instead of giving us freedom, it is manipulating our decisions so that we fall into its practices, we buy its products, we earn its acceptance, and we come under its power. Verse 23, such regulations indeed have the appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Through the text that we've read today, Paul is urging the Colossians to remember that Jesus has set them free from the human rules and powers of the world. He's provided a better way to live, a truer freedom. And this freedom is being tied down to the one who has your best intentions at heart, submitting yourself to the one who gave his life for you, to the one that you don't need to buy or earn love and acceptance from. 
to the one who will support you to grow and flourish, who releases you to embody love and bring heavenly solutions to dark places to carry hope to a hurting world. And so I want to take the position of Paul this morning, this afternoon. It's half 12 now. Um, And I want to speak to the church of Lagan Valley for a minute. If you've zoned out, you can come back in because we're, we're landing. There's, a, there's three things that I want to challenge, encourage, and release us into. Firstly, I want to speak to those who feel like the Gentiles. You're maybe new to this whole following Jesus thing. It's maybe your very first time at church or you've been coming around for a while and there's, there's something in you that wants to stick around. You want to get involved a bit more, but what's stopping you is that you feel like you need to sort a few things out first. You need to tidy up your life a wee bit. And you need to hear this morning that your yes is enough your desire to want to come closer to Jesus and come closer to community is enough. And that's all that I want you to take away from this afternoon. I used to say this um, all the time here, that you don't have to behave to belong in this community. You just have to show up. And we mean that. Just show up and see what happens. Secondly, I want to speak to those who feel like the Jews. You're not sure how you've got here, but things like Sunday mornings and worship and prayer and reading scripture have become so familiar that you've forgotten the purpose. If you're honest, it maybe feels a wee bit more like a chore than a choice. Maybe church life has became all about community, but nothing about communion. Or your prayers have become transactional, asking God for things rather than relational a conversation. Or maybe your worship has become about the songs that we sing rather than the one that we sing to. I shared um, a couple of weeks ago in worship about how easy it is to be two or three songs into worship and then suddenly realize that I haven't actually chosen to worship Jesus. First two songs, banger, love them. Guess the third one, I'm like, I don't really like this one. Then I'm like, Hannah, this is not the point. This is me, this happens to me. And when I catch myself in these moments, I take a moment, I close my eyes, and I picture Jesus in front of me. I say that I'm sorry for forgetting him, and every time I met with grace and not judgment. I think some of us need to take a moment to recenter ourselves on Jesus as we come to worship and to respond together to remind ourselves of the purpose of why we do what we do. 
And as we worship, we don't earn his love, but we become physical embodiments of his love. Band, why don't you guys come on up? Thirdly, I want to speak to those who feel like the body that is disconnected from the head. What area of your life has become distant from Jesus? Where do you feel exhausted and burnt out? Where do you feel numb and disconnected? Maybe it's in family, work, relationships, finances. Maybe it's your faith. And this is the moment that we need to lean in. In the words of Tom Wright, he says, learning to believe what at the moment doesn't feel true is an essential part of being a Christian. This is what the life of faith is all about. When we feel disconnected, we need to lean into connection. We need to lean into the areas where we discover Jesus through worship and prayer and reading the scriptures together, but also by leaning into community. In verse 19, Paul mentions the ligaments and sinews that help support the body to the head. This is the church community. The people sitting on your left and on your right. The people that stand at the front ready to pray for you. The ones gathered around the table at tribes and at youth. It's leaning in to those moments when you're walking through something difficult and someone that you don't know very well sits down next to you and says, can I pray for you? Or when someone at tribes is raw about where they're finding it hard to follow Jesus right now and it gives you a moment to be honest. Permission to be honest. where you need to detach some things today that you've wrongly placed at the head of your life, would you let community be the stitches that heal you back together? We're gonna spend um, some time in worship and ministry now. The guys are gonna lead us, but before they do, I want us just to take a moment and be honest with ourselves and with Jesus, with where we're at. Can I invite you to stand with us if you're able? Whether you're the Gentile that needs to know that your yes is enough, the Jew that needs to rediscover the purpose of the practices or the body that needs to lean into connection and community. Let's just take a moment to be still and to be attentive to what is going on in our hearts and in our heads at this moment. Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, come. 
If you're comfortable with this, can I invite you to close your eyes? I want us to take a minute to respond with where we're at. I just want us to close our eyes so that we're able to picture Jesus that we're responding to, that there's nobody else watching. It's just us and him. Everyone's eyes closed. If you want to say yes to taking a step towards Jesus and this church community, I want to invite you to put your hand on your heart right now. You don't need to tidy up your life in order to say yes. So go ahead. If you want more of Jesus in your life, whether that's the first time or the hundredth time, I want to invite you just to put your hand on your heart. Yeah, Jesus, we want more of you. More of your love. Eyes still closed. For those who need to recenter ourselves on Jesus and the purpose behind our practices, I want to invite you to put your hands out in front of you. just as a simple posture of saying, Jesus, I give you my full attention. This right now is for you. Eyes still closed. For those of us that feel detached from Jesus in areas of our life, I want to invite you to also put your hands out in front of you. And right now, nothing in you will want to do this. But this is a moment to practice being obedient despite feeling. God, we are your people. Give us ears to hear your voice reminding us that we are loved. We don't need to do anything to earn it. Jesus, will you come and center yourself in us right now? Be the boss of our lives. We're sorry for the moments where we've tried to earn your love when you just want us to receive it. So we ask for you right now just to come and rest in our hearts. Holy Spirit, as we worship, will you give us eyes to see the things in our lives that we need your help with? Will you come and fill us with your strength and courage as we give you everything that we have right now in worship, whether we feel like our hands are full or empty, we just lay it down at your feet in worship. Holy Spirit, come. Let's worship together.